Welcome to another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. Today I have a treat for you. I have Nellie Harden on the podcast today. And Nellie is a family life and leadership coach. And she her focus is helping parents connect with and lead their kids in truth and trust. And we go into this in the episode today. And it's all about so they can leave childhood equipped with confidence, respect, and wisdom and have a heck of a lot of fun on the journey. Nellie is a wife and a mum to four girls. She's an author, speaker, another podcaster. She's a homeschooling mum. She loves adventure. You are going to love Nellie. Her story is incredible and she shares with us. And she is all about helping us be intentional, but not just in a fluffy way, in a really practical way how we can be intentional and set our kids up for a win how we can build our home and our family unit as a solid foundation for our kids to launch from because parenting is all about getting them ready to be adults and live life on their own so that's enough from me let's get into the interview with Nelly today you're going to love it Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mum, I felt lost, confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one. The last few years have been a journey of finding myself again, becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones. John 10.10 says that we are called to a full, abundant life, and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health, including quitting the tox, how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage, and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles and let's get into today's episode. Nellie, thank you so much for coming on the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm so excited to have you sharing all around setting up our family for a win from right from the beginning. So can you, before we get into the conversation, can you just introduce yourself a little bit and share your story? Because when we spoke before, you shared your story on how you became a mum and how that led into you creating the 6570 Project too. So can you just share that with us? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on and hello to all of the listeners on here. I know you're all intentional, amazing uh, moms. And so I'm just so excited to talk to you today. And yeah, so uh, like uh, she said, my name is Nellie and I am a mom of four girls, uh, four teenage girls at that. Well, almost. I have a 12 year old. I have two 14 year olds and a 16 year old now. So, um, oldest to youngest spread is only four and a half years in there. And, you know, it's, 
we came into parenting. My husband and I uh, married pretty young. We were only uh, 22 when we got married. And then we started to try and have a family a few years in and ran into infertility issues. And I, if anyone on here can relate to infertility issues, when you're going through the weeks, months, and years of that, you start developing some very great fantasies of motherhood. You start developing a lot of intention toward that. Well, if this ever happens for me, I will, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there's a lot of journal entries, you know? And um, so we, we finally did have uh, children and then we had four kids in four and a half years. And then I, you know, I, I speak to people, especially um, uh, in the earlier years when I was speaking about infertility to families, they're like, whatever you didn't have. Infer I was like, no, I really did. You know, for a few years, it was really hard. It was really, really hard. Um, so hats off to any of you going through that right now. Um, I just, I send you my, my energy and good vibes all around because it is hard. Um, but that being said, it really did set me up for very intentional parenting when it did happen. And when they were first born, that's where I was. And then I had four kids in four and a half years. And I went into massive survival mode because you have to make sure that, you know, everyone is fed and not bleeding and, you know, not gross and they need baths and, you know, that everyone is here and there and wherever they need to be. And we never lived around family that could help us. So it was just us. And um, so it was a lot of work back then. And then in 2000, uh, 2008, actually, my husband went into the hospital. Um, he casually and if you knew my husband, this would be just totally how he would react. He came downstairs. We just put everyone to bed. My youngest wasn't born yet. Uh, the twins, twins in the middle. So uh, the twins were maybe about, um, uh, would have been about 12 months old, uh, 12, 13 months. And he just comes downstairs. He saunters down. He's like, so uh, I think I'm going to go to the emergency room. And I was like, uh, why, why are we doing this? And he said, my heart's not working. And I was like, uh, what? And so I have a two-year-old and I have twins that just turned one or, and I'm like, I, I can't even get in a car. All three of them are in bed. What are we doing? Call the hospital. They're like, do not let him drive as I hear the garage door coming down. And I was like, okay, well, he'll be there in a minute. And so <laughs> long story short, we went through two years of a lot of issues of uh, medications and procedures and all of this. And we were really running out of options. And he ended up having heart surgery in 2010. Sitting in that waiting room though, when I had because of course I had a fourth child in that time in 2009, I had a fourth child. Why not? You know? And so I, uh, sitting in the waiting room when my husband is on an operating table, we don't know if he's going to make it or not. The chances were slim. He had two contending heart issues happening at the same time. And we found out that they were genetic. So my kids might also have this as well. And I'm sitting there with my four kids for an undergoing I know, like, I do not choose this and no. And, um, so he did make it. He's still here. We just celebrated 20 years together, um, this past June and it was all great. But just five weeks after that, one of, uh, my twin daughters at the time. So she was two, uh, had a non-fatal drowning accident. And so those two events, just five weeks apart from each other in 2010 were a tremendous wake up call 
to get us back into intention because we really knew that time was not of the essence just then it's always of the essence. Mm -hmm. And we only have these kids at home for 6,570 days as their high influence, high impact time as parents. And we started designing what we wanted to do during that time in order to set them up for the goals that we wanted them to walk away with, uh, walk away from childhood with. And that's really where things started being born and the disciplines started coming in, the practices, the observations, the really close looks, the research, uh, the deep dives really started coming in after that to, uh, 2010 experience. That even <laughs> hearing it again, oh. I just yeah. hats off to you, one, having four kids with no family around to help. That's full on. <laughs> um, and then to go through all that. But I love that you have been able to, of course, on the other side, now that everyone is okay, um, take that experience though and go, okay, you know what? This is a line in the sand for us to to live with intention because a lot of us we think oh yeah I want to live intentionally like it's such a nice thought but to actually go okay let's like let's be serious about what we need to put in place um, for us to be intentional with our kids and with with the time that we do have because as you said when like when I first heard you say we only have 6,570 days with our kids that's not a lot like it doesn't yeah it doesn't sound like you know you go oh yeah 18 years whatever that's but 650 6,570 days to then go okay I really have to make every day count so can you share with us some of your tips and what you guys did to be able to be intentional to to really practically actually live that out in our parenting. Absolutely. And I want to preface it with saying that I don't mean, you know, some people think living intentional every single day. That means I need to be like waking up with a to-do list every single day and hit every single thing down the to-do list and be like this master organizer, you know, and, and that is not what I am saying at all. Maybe you uh, wake up that day and you're saying, you know what? I just want to make sure my kid knows that they're loved and cared for today. Great. And have a conversation with them. Maybe another day you're like, I want to make sure that my kid knows that life is fun today. Have a dance party in the kitchen that day, right? So don't overshadow yourself with this, uh, this, um, to do task list of intentionality. That's not what it's about. That's not what life is like, right? We cannot go through life and live these, you know, hopeful 70, 80, 90 years as a task list list every day. We will burn out for sure. And I don't want anyone burning out as a parent. And I also don't want parents to teach their kids how to burn out in their twenties, right? By doing that. So what I mean by that intentionality is just knowing what your goals are. It always starts with the end, right? It start with the end and then work your way backwards. And so we really started designing, okay, so what goals do we have at the end of the 6570 
with our kids. And I did them individually because every kid is so different, right? And we have a general swath of, we definitely want them to leave home. We want them to, well, <laughs> eventually, but we want them to leave home with, um, with uh, being confident, right? We want them to be confident in themselves and we want them to respect themselves. We want them to be able to respect others and show that, respect time, right? Uh, and even property, but we also want them to have wisdom and not just academic wisdom, though that's important too. I want my kid to know what two plus two is, right? Um, and maybe a, hopefully a little bit more by the time they graduate. But even beyond academic wisdom, I want them to have that self-wisdom, that emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. I want them to have that interpersonal wisdom, that how to connect with and talk to other people, have empathy and sympathy, right? And understand what those things are. And then there's practical wisdom. Like I want my kid to be able to go out there and have the quote unquote street smarts, right? To do the laundry, to do taxes to be able to fill out paperwork without going, I don't know, mom, what should I do when they're 30 years old? Right. And so that practical wisdom is part of that too. So those are the overarching, I, I have not met a parent yet that is like, I, you know, I don't need my kid to be confident by the time they leave home. I, I, every parent says, I want my kid to be confident, but on top of those things, I find that every family has a very unique fingerprint to them. And within that, every child has that and then the relationship between that parent and child. So maybe some child um, really uh, struggles with public speaking and they get so shy and introverted, right? And I speak as an introverted person. People don't believe me, but I totally am an introvert. And when I'm not on air, I mean, I do like eight, nine hours on air a week, but I, I need that quiet time. And, you know, that's why I wake up early in the morning <laughs> to get my quiet time in. But, um, you know, maybe that is something that they need. You know, I would really love to see my son or my daughter be able to speak confidently, again, bring that confidence in, but speak confidently before they leave home so that when they go out there, they can do whatever they want in the world because they have that, uh, that skill, right? Um, other people have certain sports or certain qualities or certain gifts um, that they have, and they put those in there. But the point is to know where you want to be. So that's for the kid. And then also as a parent, right? This is 18 years of our lives as well. It's not just 18 years of the child's life and you give up every single, you know, drop of yourself for that child during those 18 years. Yes. You pour into that child. Yes. It is your responsibility to equip them for adulthood. Yes. It's also 18 years of your life. So what do you want to get out of the parenthood experience experience? What do you want to get out of your own experience during this 18 years? Right? So setting yourself up with those things, uh, that, you know, where you want to go, and then working backwards to make sure that on day 1000, you're working toward that. If you're past day 1000, I work with some people that have 500 days left, right? 300 days left. You can still absolutely do something about it because you don't want to focus on the time that you don't have left, right? We're focusing on the time we do have left and all of the impact and influence that we can have during that time. Yeah, that's so good and very true that having the end in mind from the beginning of, okay, what do, what do we want? And I think that 
the list you have is so confident. We want them to be wise in all aspects of the word. Uh, and I, yeah, I just, I love that, that having a vision for our family as, as a collective and then us as parents and as a couple and a, as a marriage, um, because that then affects the kids, but then also individually for the kids. Because as you said, all the, they're all so different. Um, like my three are so young, but they're very different already. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine they're just going to keep going their own ways. Um, but I love that having goals, goals in place um, to, to get them ready and help get them ready. So can you share more around the thought of having a solid foundation, having the home and the family unit as a solid foundation so we can get them ready for the world? Because parenting, the whole purpose of parenting is us getting them ready to go out and be on their own. Um, We'll always be there, but that's what the purpose is. So can you share more about, yeah, setting up that solid foundation? Right. So think about it this way. You are the training ground for life. That is what your home is. And so when they come home and they are being elusive, you know, how was your day? Fine. Right. So what'd you do? Nothing. Right. And so think about that, have that vision forward. If they can't speak into what their experience was for the day, they're either lying to themselves or they're lying to you. They're hiding something. They don't feel confident enough to speak. They don't feel worthy of speaking up about what, uh, whatever that is that's happening. So looking into that and not just being like, oh, they said fine. So I checked the box and I asked how it was. So I guess we got through today. We'll see how tomorrow goes, right? We, this is their training ground for life. And if you reflect that forward, you're like, well, what happens when they come home when they're 25 or 30 or whatever, and their spouse says, hey, how was their day? Or they're just going to be like, fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and you don't want that for them, right? You want them to have productive, amazing relationships throughout their entire life. And so really just kind of sitting down and being like, so no, really, how was it? You know, uh, why don't you give me like, give them some parameters in there. Why don't you give me three things that happened today? And then it's not just this open-ended question where Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't even know where to start. There's all this stuff. So I'm not going to say anything, right? Just ask them very specifically, what were three things that happened today? Uh, what were three feelings that you had today? What are three things that made you laugh today? You know, you don't ask those all on the same day, but I'm just saying that those are some ideas, right? So two, three, maybe even four, um, but not too many, but enough that it gets a conversation happening and building that foundation, whatever they say, you're going to be able to have a conversation about. And if you can be vulnerable as a parent, that is absolute key to getting them to be vulnerable in their own experiences, because you never want your kids to, I I view a uh, family as a team, right? You and uh, your spouse, the parents are the team captains, but everyone is a team together. And you don't want your child to ever look at you and be like, that is the, you know, the parent, the lording over, um, you know, totalitarian, you know, type thing. And you don't cross them and you don't cross them because you don't talk to them or share with them. Therefore, they can't get on you about anything, right? Mm -hmm. Our job is literally to train them for life. And we can't do that if we don't know. 
And one of the best ways to open them up is to open yourself up. So if you're having a hard day, right? Yesterday, things just kind of, for example, in our home, things kind of went sideways a little bit yesterday with uh, things we had some, uh, uh, one of our kids was diagnosed with COVID and, you know, thank you pandemic. And so it, you know, it, as probably many of you know that are listening right now, it shifts everything. So I'm on the phone. I had my whole afternoon planned out, but now I'm on the phone. I'm rescheduling, I'm replanning, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, right? And so I was frazzled. I was frazzled. So by the time it came to our, um, our time that we go on a walk every afternoon, our family goes on a walk. I think it's really important. Uh, and I, I teach my clients too, to have kind of a compression time every day, have a time where everyone comes together. Some people do it for dinner. Some people do it for like before bed reading. Some people do it, uh, as like we do for a walk whatever that is, but just have a time that everyone comes together and is like, oh yeah, okay, we're a family. Like we do all these things all day in all the different directions, but we're a family and we're coming together at least once a day. Um, but anyway, by the time we got there, I was kind of frazzled. And so, you know, everyone could, I, I'm not great at hiding feelings. And so <laughs> everyone was like, so mom, uh, everything okay there? And I was like, you know what? I'm just really frazzled. You know, these things happened today. And also the kids were emotional about having COVID. And, you know, I, I never want anyone to think it was their fault. Of course it wasn't their fault. Right. And so I'm dealing with them because sisters were upset at sisters for canceled plans and all of this. And I was like, guys, you know, listen, this is the world we live in right now. This just happens and we need to get through it. And we're strong. We're stronger than, you know, this one day. And so we were just able to talk through some of those things, but it started because I was being vulnerable and telling them how frazzled I was. And that's one of the best keys that you can use as a parent is just to open yourself up, to give them permission to open their themselves up. And that's such a good testament to that. They said to you, Hey mom, everything all right like we know it's not because you <laughs> have put in the work and been vulnerable with them all these years and put in the work with them that then you were able to have that conversation so I just think that that you know obviously you are further along in the parenting journey than me but that to have that testament to go you know what is putting in the effort pays off in mm. years here's how so much so and I can't tell you how many times that it's my it's my kids you know like I came up and one of them was just really heartbroken yesterday because you know things had to be canceled something was very important to them and they just felt really really terrible and they felt like they were going through this alone so reassuring her that you are absolutely not going through this alone. I would never let you walk through anything alone, but also then having her rely on me and, you know, thanks mom, you know, and all of this. And we were able to have that connection point last night in the dark, in the middle of our office, you know, um, because she was feeling that way. So it goes both ways, you know, parents can help kids, kids can help parents. Um, but it's the parent's job to lead those kids and you have to lead. I really look at it as this, you know, 6,570 foot rope that we, especially when they start going into middle and high school, uh, we are, we're handing over this rope, right? Foot by foot, day by day. Sometimes you do a lot. Sometimes you do a little, sometimes you need to take some back, right? But we're training them how to do life on their own. 
And during that time, there is the, what I call like the great di diverge, right? Because kids are starting to have some different life experiences than the parents, right? They're going to a sleepover. They're going on sports trips. They're going, you know, having interactions in their sports teams or whatever that is that you don't have. And they're starting, it's like they're, they're playing adult, right? They're playing individual life and you can lead them, but it has to be that, that rope is lined with truth and trust, right? There has to be truth and trust on from you and to you. So from both of you to each other going back and forth. So maintaining that truth and trust is hard. I mean, we've had instances, I work with people that have had instances where truth is broken, right? And I'm sorry, trust is broken and trust is hard to grow back, hard to establish again, but little by little day after day, that trust can be mended back together, but you have to be able to believe it can, and you need to trust in it in order to let that happen. Yeah. And I think these days too, when you're just saying, you know, kids, as they get older, they go and do sleepovers, go away on camps or sporting mm. trips and all those things. And then even in that too, I feel like social media is, and like, this would be a whole nother episode. To talk about <laughs> yes. Yes. Social media. But, but I think it's worth noting too, just quickly, um, you know, that, that's also where having that trust and that vulnerable relationship with them because it's almost like they are they are doing that on social media even though they're not away from the house um you know you can't you can't see what they're doing all the time you can't monitor that you can to a point um but to establish that truth and trust is I think obviously my kids don't have a screen or don't have phones or anything <laughs> now, but but it's, it's like coming. It's coming <laughs> and it's coming younger and younger and younger. Yeah. Um, so can you do you have anything to say on um, social media and parenting? I'm sure you have lots. I, I was I was like I have about ten hours to say on <laughs> social media and parenting, but let's just uh, put that in a nice little bow for for now in this conversation. So in my um, in my uh, parenting program, the Family Leadership Academy, I speak on this uh, because it is so huge, and our kids are living in literally two universes at the same time. And I say that literally and figuratively. I mean, we have this metaverse that is somewhat here, but definitely coming in full swing. And it's hard to parent and no parent has had to parent their child living in the literal world and a virtual world at the same time on the same days, right? Mm -hmm. Ever before. And so it's a learning process for parents and it is a learning process for kids, but they are so immersed in it and think that it's normal because it's been around, you know, in some capacity and it will continue to be around, uh, for their entire lives. And I, I deal with parents sometimes that are like, you know what, we're just doing no social media. We are doing no, you know, games, um, that have other people and all this. And I'm like, well, and I, I come into your parenting journey. I am not going to be the one that says, you know, any shoulds you should or should or should, um, because it is your parenting journey, right? I'm there to help you lead your kids to what you want at the end. 
But I will say a warning sign of that is, well, if they don't learn it in the training zone of the 6570, then how are they going to know how to manage their time, their mental capacities, their board, um, their boundaries when they're out and they have free reign, right? And so that, that's the danger right there. But it is when you have a kid that spends, you know, 30 minutes, maybe, you know, three, four, five hours in this other universe, and then they take off the headset or they take their eyes off the screen and they're like, oh, I'm in my bedroom and I am supposed to take the trash out. How mundane. I was just like, you know, building empires and now I need to go take the trash out. Right. And so really grounding them in not grounding them, but grounding them in the, um, into the real world by setting up positive boundaries around that time. Right. Let's, let's send up some, uh, uh, guardrails around your time in there and understand that this is real, right? So the other piece of that though, is that they're meeting people in these, uh, metaverse type, uh, environments that they're forming relationships with, but they're people that they have no idea what they look like some many times, right? They have no idea what they look like. They have no idea what their true story is because anyone can go in there and make up a past. And so helping them understand that your life is your own path and it's so genuine and it's so great. Um, and no one in the entire world now or ever has been is on this path that you are on. You are uniquely you and really pouring into the greatness of that to ground their own selves in there. And then just be really cautious about what they're finding out there and helping them establish positive, real relationships with people. Some people can, you know, find my, my sister got married off of someone she met online, you know, and they finally met and had a real relationship. Um, but helping them communicate and get those communication tools in there in order to understand how to really connect with people, not just in this virtual playland that is here and coming even more. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's really good. I, can see it even I have younger sisters and it's funny like knowing because I feel like I, I wasn't a teenager that long ago <laughs> but how different it is to yes. my sisters not even my kids just my sisters um going through everything you know they're walking around the house doing their TikTok dances <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I had to wait till I got home, had to look into my computer onto MSN and (laughs) MySpace. What's MySpace? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, but but they do how you were saying, like with the trash and the mundane, it is so that is so prevalent that they, you know, are watching all these TikTok stars and YouTubers and everything who are yeah, living the life because they have all this money from I don't even know where they get it from from YouTube or whatever so they hop in their cars and go and get their Starbucks and whatever and then for them they're like their actual life is oh well I have to go and take out the garbage or, or I have to clean my room what well, I bet they don't clean their room and so they right. get confused like because it is yeah. two worlds that they think that social media is reality, but anyway, it's not, but 
one last thing on that, I would really encourage parents to be very real with their kids, not scare them, but be very real about what it is. So on, um, like the social dilemma is a great documentary to watch with your, especially your middle and high school, um, age kids, elementary might not understand it as much, but hopefully they aren't immersed in it, you know, very much if at all then, but watching that and having them be cognizant of, oh, if I'm spending a little bit of time here, I'm going to go down this rabbit tunnel, right? I'm going to be sent down the tunnel. It's not even a tunnel I necessarily choose. I'm going to be sent down this tunnel, right? And if I look at this, or even if I, you know, uh, pause on it because the doorbell rings and it's going to be clocked in as, oh, they spent time looking at this. And so it's that rabbit tunnel. And there's, you know, the social dilemma, um, the, um, uh, Ready Player One is a fantastic movie. I loved it for its entertainment value, but as far as what's coming with the metaverse and all of that, it really did. Some uh, um, uh, Zuckerberg was saying that he was watching uh, Ready Player One and really kind of liked it and was like, "Ooh, I want you know, I want to do that." That's where the term metaverse comes from. It well, it was used in that, and it came from a book in the '80s, I believe. But watching something like that and being like, okay, I can see the downsides of this too and how you need to be careful in it. It can be a playground. Oh, everyone loves a playground and I'm not against it, but you have to have very specific guardrails around that. Mm-hmm. And then people's lives, these big social media stars that then you find out that their life is terrible. Right. Mm -hmm. And it goes, their lives are unfortunately splashed all over the news, which makes their life even more hard. And, but sharing those stories with your kids to be like, ah, you know what, this person that was all over social media, big glitz, big glamour, always smiling, always so happy. She was really, really hurting on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. We just had an instance of that um, this past week over in the United States with a uh, previous Miss USA. And it breaks my heart. And it's a reality check to have with your kids as well. Yes. Yeah. I did, did see that in New York. Very. Yeah. Very yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why it's so important to have the conversations from the beginning about, okay, this is this is the real world mm-hmm. this is, and helping them to be aware that, you know, the, and the social dilemma is such a good one because it really helps them to see um, why, why things happen the way they do like, Oh, that's why I get shown those ads. And that's why the next video comes up and the next one comes up and it's been two hours and I'm now watching cats <laughs> right. Yeah. I, one of the, one of the, the pinnacle moments of my parenting, I remember is I walked in um, to my living room and all of my girls were sitting around one phone and I mean, they weren't drooling, but they were like mentally drooling and being like, wow. And they were, this was a few years ago and they were watching soap getting cut like soap bars and they like did the cross hatch and then they cut, you know, cut it down and all the pieces came off. And I'm like, what is happening right now? I'm like, I was like an out of body experience watching my kids all sitting around, you know, watching this soap getting cut. I'm like, what is going on? What is so fascinating about this? They're like, it is so satisfying. And I was like, oh, what drone just dropped into your minds? Because this is insane. 
Um, so anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, but healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries can't speak on it enough. Yeah. So good. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, you know, we've spoken about having a vision for our family and how important that is. Um, but is there anything else that you want to share on really setting up the idea of setting up our family for success? Um, earlier today, I was actually doing uh, a recording on expectations. And I just think that's a really important thing to kind of throw in at the end of this, because so many people um, and our kids today, especially, I mean, look at the world, the world has, has disappointed us a lot in the last few years, especially my oldest daughter is 16. And her entire so far, her entire high school experience has been eaten up in some way by COVID, right. And we're, we're seeing this, I saw a, um, dia- a diagram the other day that said, um, if your kid is in this grade, the last normal school year they had was, you know, three school grades ago. And so that means our kids in kindergarten first and second, I believe have never had a normal school grade, uh, like a normal year of school and interactions and things like that. And I say normal in air quotes, because, you know, who knows what normal is, but it's certainly not what's happening right now. And, um, so it's easy for people to say, you know what, I'm not going to have high expectations because it's just easier to have really low expectations. And then I won't get hurt so much. Right. I won't get frustrated and it won't be painful. And then if something does happen, cool, I'll celebrate it, but then I'll lower my expectations again. Right. And I just want to emphasize for parents and for parents leading kids, this is a dangerous place to be because you, if you're always setting the bar really low, right, then you never get to see the mountaintops. You never get to have those big triumphant moments, right? But I understand the not wanting to fall into this, into the, you know, snake pit. Right. And so the other side of that coin, having really high expectations, the other side of that coin is building uh, resilience in order to accept the not so great that happens. And that takes time and there's, you know, certain skill sets in there and things, but yes, you want to have high expectations. You want to teach high expectations. You want kids to walk around dreaming and being creative and being uh, incredible, right? But you also need to instill in them and have that working in them, that resilience so that when and if more, when we're all, we, we all fall down, right? not to quote ring around the rosy, but we all fall down. (laughs) And, um, so when we fall down, we can get back up. We can always get back up. And that's that resilience piece that we need to concurrently be teaching our kids as well as that, um, high expectations and not perfectionism. Perfectionism does not mean high expectations. High expectations is just I am expecting that this year is going to be amazing. Mm. I am expecting that this is going to be the best year yet. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, oh yeah, last year was my best year ever. Or, you know, when I was 25, that was my best year ever. I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, best years are always yet to come. Best moments are always yet to come, right? Always raising that bar as to this is going to be utterly amazing. So, yeah, I think too, particularly with, kids and schooling in the current times Mm. um you know for us it was with our son starting prep this year going oh do we do we just hold him off till kindy next year 
it's like well all 2020 I was like good yeah get let's get this over with before he starts school and 2021 comes it's all right it'll be over by 2022 now we're here going oh (laughs) that echoes the sentiments of every person around the world this has got to be over by fill in the blank yeah (laughs) um but but still saying to him like it's he he doesn't understand because he's too young and we um but but having that expectation on ourselves that no matter what like whether we go back into another lockdown because I feel like they're just getting thrown around like popcorn at the moment (laughs) um and we have to we have to keep him home from school or no matter what we will make the best of what we have what we are given this year so I think that's so good to not not go well whatever we'll just keep our expectations low so we get disappointed less but then that's not really a fun way to live no it's not not at all well Nelly thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much wisdom with us and yeah just about being intentional setting up our kids for a win in life which I think is just what parenting is all about anyway Uh, But for all the listeners, because I know that everyone is going to want more from you, uh, can you share where we can find you, how people can work with you if they want more coaching when it comes to parenting? Absolutely. So um, my website, I am a, I am a simple girl. I love it to keep it simple. So my website, NellieHarden.com will be able to navigate you everywhere. And I do have a parent community called the Family Architects Club. Um, I call parents architects because we're building the beginning of someone else's life. You know, no small feat right there. And today, to a point, like we were saying today, there's some drastic challenges and uh, preoccupations out there that are um, just... uh, keeping us busy and keeping us on our toes as parents. And so the Family Architects Club is a great community of parents that come together, face the parenting challenges of today, laugh a lot, share a lot, support a lot. So highly recommend um, that community for parents. And then, yeah, working with me uh, in the Family Leadership Academy, that is a fantastic uh, parent program that really brings the family in as well. And I will be launching the next uh, group of that in March. And so again, you can get that all uh, to on my website. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again. Uh, I'm sure you will be back on. We can continue talking about social media and all the things. But <laughs> thank you so much, Nelly. It's been awesome having you here. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for all the listeners, because if you're here, it means that you are trying and working and learning and that's what we need to do as parents. So thank you. Well, mamas, how good was that conversation with Nelly? I know that you all would have gotten so much. I know that even listening back again, I have gotten so much out of this and I love that she shared such practical insights on how we can be intentional because we all want to be intentional but I love that she has given us the way to really do that and live that out I love the idea of just wanting I just want my kids to know today that life is fun I just want my kids to know today that I love them that it's not about big to-do lists so I 
I loved this conversation that I had with Nelly today and, and I know that you would too. If you did love it, let us know. Take a screenshot of this episode, pop it up in your Insta stories, tag us both at Wholesome Mama and Nelly is at Nelly Harden. Let us know that you loved it. Hit subscribe, leave a review as well. That would be amazing. Have a beautiful week and I will see you next week for another episode. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama. And also, did you know that we have a community that is fully based around conversations happening in this podcast? Search on Facebook, The Wholesome Mama Community, and I will see you in there. Let's share the love and light and help more women to thrive.